Hello, welcome to Drunk Bitches in Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Ishi. And I'm Michelle, your host. Welcome, drunk delegates. We are so happy to be back. Yes. Um, after a Welcome back. <laughs> How do you even know that? Are you ageisting me right now? I am. <laughs> did we just have this discussion? <laughs> we did. I, I know it because Mace sampled it in okay, a rap song. Because <laughs> she has TV land. Because they no. have fucking TV. Like, we didn't have TV. No, she just said, because somebody sampled oh. it in a song. Yeah. Well, it's also a song from, like, early 2000. Right. Oh. Well, not that song, but when Mace. Yes, Mace's when song. Mace's song. Yes. Yes. Who sang that song? It's from Welcome Back, Kata. Yeah, I know who sang it. Anyway. Who knows who sings TVG? <laughs> There's no way to know. There's no way to know. Just brings us so many thoughts. Anyway, Mishy, what are we drinking? Because I need a drink. Okay, we're drinking a fabulous bottle of Chianti. And I actually sent for this one. I was like, we need to do a Chianti. We haven't done a Chianti. And I'm really excited to try this bottle. This is an Italian bottle of wine straight from Italy itself. Oh, I thought you were going to say straight from Target. (laughs) (laughs) It is is straight from Target, but this is an Italian import. Um, There's words here written in Italian that I don't even know what they say. Are you opening that? Are you looking at it? Because you know know Italian? There's Gabbiano. Oh, my God. You need to Google again? When we got a good girl, why? She's about to do her Boston Italian accent here in two seconds. Just watch. I feel like when we have to Google our wine, it usually tastes pretty fucking good, though. So we're going to... Yeah, I'm just going to read that. Gabbiano. (laughs) That's... That's what you pronounce. I I meant this entire paragraph of Italian here. Yeah, no, it's just uh-huh. real Italian. You can't, you can't read. Anything. I think it just really is saying in Italian, it's a product of Italy. It's denominazio, deodorant, <laughs> or indani. I think that's probably. I like how every other syllable is like this, and you gotta pinch your three fingers like this, and you gotta talk like this. Oh my gosh! To all the Italian people who are listening to the podcast, truly sorry. Our apologies. Me a culpa. <laughs> I'm just so done with her today. I cracked myself up. Oh my god. That was Italian though. Or actually that was it was Latin. So this again, bottle from Italy, and their little story on the back of their bottle it says that in eleven twenty-four. Jesus. Eleven twenty-four? Like what is that? It's Notre Dame day, days. This is a vintage. <laughs> Old ass bottle. <laughs> it's, it's vinegar. It's dust. In 1124. We're going to pop it. It's going to go poof. <laughs> like a fart in the wind. Like a fart in the wind. In a goddamn wind. In 1124, Castello di Gabbiano was established in the heart of the renowned Chianti region, which is where the name Chianti comes from. During the Middle Ages, because that's definitely the fucking Middle Ages, mm-hmm. a courteous Italian knight, I.L. Cavalier? Mm. Ill Cavalier. Ill, is, is that what I, I, I really truly said? I am. Help me. Ill Cavalier dedicated himself to protecting our castle and vineyards because somebody must protect the wine. His code of honor came to embody our philosophy that the finest things in life deserve our fiercest commitment. Estate vineyards, old world traditions, and the enjoyment of robust wines. Salut. Okay, that's interesting. It's really interesting to know that there's wine, this wine company or whatever, is older than most countries. People have been drinking for a while, haven't they? Since the beginning of time, because, I mean... Wine was safer than water. Yeah. Really? But I don't know about you guys, but when I hear Chianti, do you guys, anyone else think of Silence of the Lambs? All the time! With some fava beans. I ate his liver with some fava beans. And Mishy, if you give me that look, because you have not seen that I movie. have seen Silence of the Lambs, but I don't remember okay. it's, Chianti. It's when she first meet him. When she goes to go see him yes. down in the basement. at the very end, he's like, and I ate him with a Chianti. I ate his liver. And I ate his liver. With some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I do the face just like him, don't I? It's fucking scary. Well, we don't have any liver, right. fava beans, Ugh. or garbanzo beans to yeah. go with this Chianti. Thank God, I but, have liver. But um, Chianti, it's, I was really interested to have you guys try this bottle because I had I'm heard excited. good things about it. And Chianti is, it's it's light, it's kind of a little bit medium bodied. It's not really extremely dry like when we drink our Cabernet or stuff like that. So it sits kind of between. A Pinot Noir and a Sangiovese. And a Sangiovese. So that's kind of where it stands as far as like on the spectrum and the chart. So we're going to pop this baby. And I cannot wait to taste it. So thank you, Tarjay. I've had a Chianti before. This is your first Chianti? Yes, I am a Chianti virgin. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to... Pop that I'm going to pop this baby, but does anybody want to guess our ALC? I think it's going to be higher this time, so I'm going to go with my usual 14.3. So, but remember what I said. It's not a dry. We we forgot. It's not a complete dry bold. It sits between a Pinot Noir and a Sangiovese. She tell me I should change my I guess. I'm gonna go twelve point five. Okay. I'm gonna go thirteen point three. Good job, right? Right Woo! on the money. Oh my god. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna pop this baby. We ready? Pop, pop it. this shit. Oh my god. That cork's gonna break. And it won't. Oh shut your fucking mouth. She sounds so mean. Do you know how many <laughs> letters we get every week about how mean you are? Really? <laughs> Let me tell y'all what to do with those letters. Put them in an envelope, seal it, write down this address, shove it up your ass. <laughs> it's light. Mm. It's very fruity. So one of the things that's going to hit you is the smell. Chianti's a good smell wine. Smell it. It's fabulous. It does smell good. Mm. Very, very. Mm. Strong, it hit me up the nose. Uh huh. It's very. Oh, that's good. That's, uh-huh. that's delicious. Mm-hmm. Kind of hits the back of the throat. Mm-hmm. All right. Very smooth and delicious. Okay. But very light in flavor. Mm-hmm. Oh, s- similarly to Ray's Red Blend that we had last time, not similar, but it's not similar to the Red Blend. You could taste the flavors in the Red Blend of all the different wines. It's a little bit bolder, so this is gonna be nice and smooth. You know, like. An Italian. I could totally have this with some liver and some papa beans. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are awful. I can't do that. <laughs> I imagine this would go nice with a nice human liver, especially if it's got a little extra fat around it because the animal didn't drink water while it was alive. Right. Yeah. Oh, gross. Delicious. One of the things that happened this week um, that caught my eye and caught a lot of news attention was the fucked up GOP in North Carolina mm, mm, and their mm, evil mm. ways. All right, Ray, do you do you want to give us, can you, do you have like the lowdown, like the yes. synopsis of what happened? So what happened was there were multiple news or outlets have reported this story that happened in North Carolina that the major headline, this came from the Washington Post, was that North Carolina Republicans vote to override budget veto while Democrats were at a 9-11 ceremony. And so the initial story was that they had all or a large number of the Democrats were at this ceremony and and they were told it was going to be okay to go to all these ceremonies because their caucus leader told them you can go ahead and go to all this stuff. Nothing's going to happen while you're gone. Right. They're saying that they were that uh, House Minority Leader Darren Jackson gave his was given his word by the Chairman of Rules Calendar and Operations Committee Republican or sorry Representative David Lewis also Republican um, that there would be no votes and as it turns out they had been trying to override the veto for about two months and couldn't do that as long as all the Democrats were there. And they need a three-fifths majority to override the veto. And this was a veto to override the budget. Right. Of a, that was proposed by a Democratic governor. Right, because he had vetoed their Republican uh-huh. budget. Right. right. And we'll dive into the details of right. the budget in, in a little a couple yeah. minutes. Um, so with the number of Democrats not there, they needed 61 of 120 members 
of the House present, and they ended up with 64 members, which is how they were able to pass this veto. And people lost their minds. There are reports that... I, it was the first thing that I read that morning when I woke up. Yes. On September 11th. The 12th. Uh, on the I 12th. mean the 12th. Mm-hmm. On the 12th. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, what pieces of fucking shit the GOP yes. is. Like, how fucking low can you stoop? Yes. Right? Because so, I just... the watch It just came up on my Facebook, right? The Washington Post article. Right. I was like, oh my God. So there were reports that... You have to keep that, reading and reading. It, but more than just watching... This is like five or seven yes, exactly. news outlets were... All reporting the same thing. Right. And the report is not just the fact that they had the vote, that they were talking over Democrats, they turned off their mics, so there was a whole bunch of tomfoolery happening. Mm. Right. But, go back two days, go come back two days later. Right. And there's a little bit of a different story. Missy, would you like to chime in with that one? Yeah, well, so one of the things that it had was mentioned through my reading and my research was that... The actual vote had been on the calendar every day. And what the budget was on the calendar, but Jackson, who was a representative, was told by Republican Rep. David Lewis, who was from Harnett County, that no votes would be held during the morning session. So Jackson then told the Democrat caucus that they didn't need to be there. So they were told that they didn't need to be there. And then, Not to attend 9-11 memorial services, but just, you don't have to be here. You don't have to be here. And that happens all the time in session. Like, we're not voting on anything, so you don't have to be here. Even though they had voted on it every day. They, it was on the calendar to bring it up. So they were, like, if, so, if a colleague tells you, we're not bringing this up, why would you tell anybody to come to do anything? You don't think that someone's going to really do something that sinister to say, well, no need to be here. You know, that's not how government is supposed to work. Well, guess what? And so what is said here is that they were actually thinking that the Democrats were planning something in relation to redistricting. So they thought that the Democrats were going to try to pass something to do with redistricting. So that wasn't even really the issue until that they saw that they had an opportunity. When they started counting the people in the room. Right, that they had an opportunity to then bring up this, to vote on it right away. They noticed that they finally could break down the firewall that they had been trying to break down all this time. So then they immediately brought it up. And then that's how they were able to veto it, which is shady. It's shady. Yeah. And they don't even know where, there's not even, as of the time in the article that I'm reading, which is about from the, was from Forbes, Mm -hmm. is they don't even know where everybody was. Like Representative Pricey Harrison, she's an active Democrat on the redistricting committee. She said that she was prepping in her home in Raleigh. And Representative- That bitch is watching The View. (laughs) Stop. She Stop. might have been. She was probably prepping. Yeah. I know, and then but Representative still. Greer Martin, a Democrat out of Wake, was running, and he even sent a screenshot of his five mile <laughs> route on it that his phone logged, which I'm like, good for you. Hey, be active. Get your steps in. <laughs> so meanwhile, they're destroying the budget because you wanted to get some exercise right. because they've been voting on this every fucking motherfucking day. But and you decide I'm just sorry. I like, know it's you, frustrating again, because you're told there's nothing's gonna happen. But if you're told nothing is gonna happen, really think about this. Like in Ledge, if most of the time people are out where you really spend small minimums of time on the floor. You're out there working and doing other things. So if someone tells you who's your caucus leader, hey, I've gotten word that we're not doing this today, so yeah. go do other things. You would be very teen fucking full hatty to be like, nah, bitch, I'm going to put camp up here on the floor and I'm going to wait just in case a motherfucker tries something. Come on. We have decency and decorum. We shouldn't be doing shit like this. But we don't. But we don't. Well, you're right. We hope we have it, but we don't. This is North Carolina, y'all. I agree. And I mean, I don't think something like this has ever been done on this scale. And so one of the representatives whose name is Tim Moore, and he's actually the speaker He's the one that called um, a a vote to override the veto. So he saw that the Democrats were absent. He looked like this, and I'm rubbing my hands, y'all, like the little evil guy on the cartoons you used to see. (laughs) (laughs) So he said that he didn't orchestrate the vote, but he called for it only because the opportunity to break the Democrats' firewall presented itself, which is the same thing. Which is the same thing. I'd like to think that if I. I was if I was a Democratic member of Congress in a scenario where we have the majority, but there's a handful of, de- of Republicans and we need them to not be here in order to pass our thing. I would like to think that I would not be that shady. 
You know, you know what? what? At this point, fuck it. I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. I will say this, Democrats. Listen, at this point, I'm an eye and eye for this shit. So, you know what you need to be doing? You need to be sending a whole bunch of people to go play golf and be passing a whole bunch of shit. Because that's where I'm at with and it now. And maybe you cut some tires at their home so they can't get to work on time. And you start that thing prompt. Maybe cut some brakes. I don't know. Just kidding. Not, Not really. Not brakes because you got the FBI showing up in DVAP headquarters. Oh Miss here like <laughs> soliciting fucking oh mayor slaughter. I'm just kidding. She's I'm joking, Brist- people. I hope you know Bristol she's fucking joking. But no, here, here's the thing. Fight fire with fire. It is 2019. It, it, I just want to know from, I don't know how many, it probably was, 30 Democrats. I want each one of them to tell me. Where the with, fuck were you? With, huh? Where the fuck were you? Working. To tell me that they are like, oh my God, I'm so shocked that a, that a Republican from North Carolina did something so evil and shady and sinister. I want them to tell me they're shocked by that. It, it is shocking, though, in the sense that if you're told that it's not going to come up, because these people communicate with each other about they things keep, that are going to come I up. But they keep enough Democrats on the floor from now on to fucking not override a veto. Well, what's going to happen now for sure is that there's going to be zero trust between any of the elected people in ledge. So it's like if someone tells you that they're not going to bring call to vote on something, you can no longer take that word anymore. So now we're going to have representatives who are glued to the floor when majority of the work really doesn't even always almost all the time happen on the floor. They need to be doing other things, writing bills that we hope to get past, things that we need to get done. So now we're just going to have a pissing contest on the floor where there's zero trust and people are doing shit like this. And I say if the Republicans are going to do this, I want to see abortion budgets passed. I want to see all sorts of shit passed. Yeah. Democrats, you tit for tat for this one. I'm here for well, it. Well, and here's the other thing too. So Democrats still have majority, right? They do. Yes, they still have the majority. Okay, so can't they just go back next week and, and so vote I, on another budget? I think what's going to happen here is that since they veto it, whatever is going to be presented again, it still has to land on the governor's desk. Um... And so I think this is going to be something that's cyclical. It's going to continue to. And then they're going to have to sit on the floor every single day. Right? I mean, I I don't even. I, again, I know this changes the game, Mishy. Yeah. Um, but it is the Republicans that are changing the game. And yeah. we tend to be behind on all of this stuff. Right? And I, I don't like the thought of us playing dirty. Yeah. But what have we ever. Come right. on. Come on, y'all. Like, what world do you fucking live in? Like, have you looked at Wall Street lately? Right. Which they're doing this. They are starting to do the same shit that they did to us back in 2006, 2007 that that made 2008 happen. Nobody is free from telling me, oh, I'm so shocked that this shit happened. But so Hardister, who was the speaker himself, he acknowledged that he sent a text that mentioned redistricting because this is how the whole thing started. Okay. In in his defense, this is what he says in his own defense, okay. that he feared that Democrats might make a motion related to redistricting. The House and the Senate are in the middle of drawing new legislator maps for 2020 after the court ruled the previous in North Carolina, week, yeah, that they, ruled it un- yes, and it was ruled unconstitutional due to severely gerrymandering. So that's what he was saying. He was worried right. about that it was racist, and he yeah. said there was no mention of a veto override. I was surprised. I was as surprised as anyone when I got to the House floor and noticed that numerous Democrats were absent. Yeah, uh huh. The Speaker called the vote, as he said he would. When it appeared that we had the votes to proceed with the override. So they saw an opportunity and they took it. Even after mm-hmm. it was said that. So what they did was legal. It's just unethical. Which happens time and time and time again. Yep. And it's going to continue to happen. This starts in North Carolina. This I think this has a ripple effect. Oh, yeah. Where, anywhere the, where there's a majority Democrat um, House or Senate in the, in the state government. And you already think that people at ledge can get shit done now? Right. Right. And... And you and talked the about other, the trust thing, right? I mean, there was already such little trust to begin yeah. with, and there's and the there's already these where we said, you know, so and so can build the bridge instead of break down the bridge. <laughs> We're not going to see that because they're not going to trust anybody to try yeah. to do things. We're yeah. not the bridges see are being fucking blown up. They're being That's blown. Right. So here's the kicker: um, when the News Observer asked 
Hardister for the copy of the text messages that he was sending around because it's like, no, we didn't send text messages telling everybody to be in line. To, we didn't orchestrate this thing. So they asked her, like, hey, can we see the text messages that you sent out so that we can have permission to view them and see for ourselves? He declined. Oh. And then he said that sharing electronic correspondence between Republican and House members would break the caucus protocol. <laughs> In other words, I did it, bitch. I just don't want to show you. I'm going to show you. Right. I said what I said. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to prove it. You, you have no proof I did it. Right. Exactly. But I did it. Oh, it's, oh it's how so else much. would this have happened? Right. Okay. So let's move on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was um, getting your driver's <laughs> What is it, Ray? What is we it? Have- you like so rudely interrupted me. <laughs> We have a breaking news. We need to have an update on oh. Michi's driver's license situation. <laughs> this is so crazy. We know minds across the interweb were uh, are dying to dying know. Dying to know. Jesus, is can Michi legally drive? <laughs> yes, guys, I can. <laughs> I managed to go in and get it. It was just the craziest thing how it happened. I just left a speaking engagement for the Senate forums, and I was like, I need to give it a shot. It was Thursday. It was around 1 o'clock, and I was like- You went in the afternoon? I went in the afternoon, and I said, I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to just give stop it by, give it all college try. It never hurts. I'm off of work this day, and I was like, it's an off day. I, if I have to camp there at least until 6 o'clock, that's fine. And y'all, I went in- and I got out within an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And apparently I was talking to one of the ladies. She was like, they had started hiring lots of staff. So that's oh. why the short time was, the wait time was so short. I mean, for the DPS. Yeah. And that also Thursday happened to be one of their least busiest days. And that kids are all back in school. And the that kids helps. are all back in school. And it just worked out. And the whole thing was, I went in. I obviously, I already know that I need to bring my whole life with me to the DPS. Right. So I carried my folder that has the entire history of my life in it. Blood from the firstborn. All, all of it. All of it. Blood types, everything. I showed up there and I Pictures was like. Pictures of all her ancestors. Everything. Here's all my stuff. And that was just really it. I ended up doing the. Real ID thing, which I was okay. like, God, if I have to go through this and then do the airport right. thing. Um, so I want to dive into that. A yeah, bit. yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was asking the lady when I was there and she was, I was noticing that they were doing these real ID signs everywhere. Like you could see them everywhere in the DPS. So I was, I asked her, I said, well, what's the difference between a real ID and the normal Texas ID driver's license that you get. Between an ID and a real ID. And a real ID. And I'm like, right, so I, 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 I just wanted they to. named it that. Right, a real ID because everything else other than that is just a fake, fake? ID. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, maybe premium, maybe platinum ID, something oh. to make it sound like it's better. Oh. But not just that it's real. The other one's mm, not, not so real. much. So she explained to me that the real ID will have a, either a black star or a gold star, depending on the state that you come from, that will allow you to use just your state ID to enter any government buildings or get on any flights domestic or international. So if you need to go into a federal building or any government building, mm-hmm. if you don't have a real ID with that star on it, you will have to present other documents. Which makes me, now that you're saying it, I just thought about this because my husband and I had this conversation thinking he didn't need it. Mm-hmm. And because he's like, I don't know, I'm not going to fly anywhere. But Good work. Well, his work is in a government building. Okay. No. I'm- but uh, jury duty. Right. That's a government building. If you get picked for jury duty, you need that fucking ID. You need all of that stuff to get in. So she was basically telling me, honestly, this is the easiest way to do it. Because now, starting in 2020, I believe it's October, if you don't have this real ID, you will have to go to the TSA website or contact the airport ahead of time to see what it is that you need to bring with you. And that's just a hassle. Mm-hmm. So you if, you don't, bring, if you don't have um, a up-to-date passport. If you don't have an up-to-date passport or, I mean, it's just a, who wants to carry a birth certificate, social security card, a passport to board a domestic flight. You yeah. know what I mean? So I went ahead and I said, you know what? Sign me up, sis. Sign me up for all the shit y'all are doing because I don't want to have to go through any of this. I am here. Soon. 
I'm here now. Give me all the shit. The real IDs. The real IDs. The realest IDs. Give me all the shit. Okay? All the IDs. <laughs> Give me all the IDs. So it worked out and that, that was pretty great. But I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow. Imagine now needing this ID to board a domestic flight. This is not something that we've ever had to do mm-hmm. before. And it basically gives the government unlimited information of citizenship or nationality for every single person that enters the airport. So it means by the time you enter the airport and you leave, they know your immigration status, your citizenship status, any of that. So does it make it more than a Texas driver's license? It's a national driver's license? It makes it a national national to a certain federal federal ID. It's a federal ID. Right. Because it's federally recognized by the star. And I take back what I said about the... um, uh, for needing it for any kind of jury duty because that's not going to be federal jury duty. I mean, I guess you theoretically oh, could. You could get called for federal you jury could get duty. Picked, but most right. of us if are doing good to case. get picked yeah. by city or county. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Ignore um, that part, y'all. So Sorry. To, to just kind of play on that a little bit, mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine went to the DPS um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and, and he's a, a U.S. citizen, mm-hmm. and he was just having to go get his driver's license renewed because in the state of Texas... After 12 years, you have to go get your picture retaken. After 12 years? After 12 years. If so you is the damn your... ID valid for 12 years? Huh? No. What no. happens is oh. it gets renewed, but you can renew online. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And they so. just keep issuing the same picture, which is why my husband's ID has looked like he's so young. Oh, the privilege so of it all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, so it's see what just... can happen when you get to become a citizen? Right? The privileges. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff you'll get to do, but you don't have to renew your driver's license as often. Uh, as and often. that's the main reason to and become yeah. a citizen. Yeah, I had to do the whole <laughs> thing. And renew it. At the D- at at the DPS at the DPS. Yeah. So if um you can renew it online mm-hmm. up to twelve years, and then you have to go get your picture retaken. Must be nice. But what he didn't know is a law passed in Texas on, J- on June fifth that when you do that, you have to take your birth certificate mm-hmm. because now they're going to put your birth certificate on file, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if this is for all states. I don't know if it's something to, if it has something that ties into. Because I need to ask him if he got a real ID. So the requirements from where I was told by the DPS worker, the requirements for this real ID are federal. So they're all the same across the states. That means basically verifying citizenship. Right. Okay. So the DPS has to verify citizenship because that's the federal mandate that's out there in order for it to be federally recognized as a real ID. Okay. So you have to come with that birth certificate or that passport. So he was getting a real ID. So he was getting a real ID. It was just probably maybe the birth certificate thing. Right. Is is in addition to, that's just a Texas law that says, hey, you have to bring your Your birth certificate. After 12 years of taking a picture or whatever. Um, Because the DPS, you have to bring your birth certificate anyway when you're getting an ID. I don't. Not if you're just renewing it. If you've got an ID that looks just like you and it hasn't expired. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. You people are Americans. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. So, used to, I would be able to just take my driver's license up there. Oh, nice. If I didn't want to do it online, because I lived in a small town where they used to have DPS offices all over the place, right? Right. right. Which they don't anymore. Right. Um, I would be able to just take it up there. It was Even if it was expired, right? Way oh. back in the day. Oh. I forgot about the expired yeah. part. Oh. It's been a long time yeah. when I actually expired. I'm clutching my and then invisible they, well, so that's money. what. So, these are the steps stepping stones that, that they've done Miss. you used mm-hmm. to you be you would be able to take it up there expired right get your picture taken within a do couple it. of years expired yeah and right uh, not even a, a couple of days a couple of years right there was a and then they changed that where you had to go up there before it expired to get it renewed or renew it online okay okay but of course if you knew it online you pay with a card and all that stuff you have like the 399 fee blah blah where if you go to the dps which is worth it do, you can just oh, do yeah. 15 dollars cash or whatever right right um, now it's, but it, what I see happening is it's getting stricter and stricter and stricter, not just for non-American Shit, citizens. Shit, more expensive. It was 25 bucks. For American citizens, it's getting stricter and stricter and stricter. And all I can think is they are making it once again, harder and harder to vote. Mm-hmm. And this is how they suppress the vote. So first they close down a bunch of DPS offices. Mm-hmm. And then they go, man, these motherfuckers will still go and get their fucking driver's license renewed. Mm-hmm. They will drive. They will take work off. Motherfuckers, these poor and people of color will do anything to vote. You know? I wouldn't be surprised if the real ID is a requirement to vote. Not just a regular state ID. Eventually. Oh. At some point down the road, I'm sure. I'm sure. Eventually. That's where it's going. Mm-hmm. Right? So, 
And that's why I just kind of wanted to bring it up, not only to congratulate Missy that she only had to wait an hour and a half a month this time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Amazing. It's like the heavens awesome. opened up. Um, and now you're legal to drive, so you don't have to worry about, like, I mean, honestly, First of all, you can drive your car legally, but yeah. right in an emergency or whatever, if you'd had right. to, you could have gotten pulled over. You could have gotten right. sent back to Zimbabwe, right? Because you would have broken the law. You would have broken the law, and it's a, a, like a you know tiny misdemeanor. It right? would it's have a really. Law. It would have definitely presented something that I needed to explain right to the people who are processing my citizenship why I would go ahead and do something so foolish. Uh, <laughs> but it just brings up this broader subject and questions of what is the real <laughs> real <laughs> real real what is what is the end game and the end game i feel like is to make it to where only certain people can vote right and that and that's that certain economic status right that certain races because they they closed down the DPS offices. Now they're making it harder to get your driver's license renewed. Right now, this real ID thing is... So even if you have a, a current driver's license, by October of 2020, if you haven't taken your birth certificate up there and gotten a real ID, mm-hmm. right? Right. Then they're they're going to pass another law that says you can't vote or you can't do this or you can't do that. I mean, it's going to happen. I know. So, okay, so this it's is a slippery thing I, slope. I, I hear you. So this is the part that I do question, though, because... We know that this is impacts people that are poor, poor or low income, however you want to describe mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, well, it, it could but, not just be poor, right? It could be working class, right? It's yes. not just people who don't have any income. It's people right. who have limited income or limited access to transportation. That's where I was going with it. Okay. Okay. Is that, so you've got poor working class people who a, either A, have jobs where they work Monday through Fridays and they can't get to... These locations during their crazy business hours. Mm-hmm. They have bankers hours. hours. They do. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the transportation issue. Um, because a lot of times I hear from people like on my local pay- city's Facebook page, we complain about the, our DPS office and yes. how it takes you forever to get there. Oh my people God, are like, Louisville one oh, awful. go out to Grapevine. Go out to some other town mm-hmm. that's, you know, 30, 45 that's minutes what I from did. us. Way back in and the day. And that's great. If but I live in drive. Louisville. Right. First of all, if I live in my own town, why the hell shouldn't I be able to use the one in my town? Right. right. But also, my town has a bus system. It's not the greatest, but it has it enough that it gets me, it gets every resident to that freaking DPS office. Right. Right. And if I can't go to that one, if you're saying that I now have to go to another town, why well, can't take the bus to those other towns that you're describing? Because they don't have systems. No. You know? And I and I had to do that. And I had a car. Right. But guess everybody what? everybody that drives would do it. No, but no. No, but guess what? Don't. Guess yeah. what? I missed half a day work. Right. Right. When I did it. We shouldn't have to and miss a half a day And this was in the day, day where I worked for somebody things. who was not very forgiving about that. No. And they looked at me and they go, why is it going to take you half a day? And I go, well, because I've already gone to the Louisville office. Right. And I was, I went there at seven o'clock in the morning because I don't know if it's still open at 7 a.m., but it used to open at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. I said, I went there at 7 a.m. and by 8.30 or 9 o'clock, y'all were calling me and I had to come to work. I needed to stay there for another hour or two. So I'm going to go to an office in Flower Mound because right. I've heard it's a lot quicker, but it's going to take If you could so find the address, I tried to find the address to that place. They keep I it could not. Because only Flower Mound people want to go right. there. Sorry, Flower Mound listeners. It feels like y'all are kind of no. To I couldn't it find yourself. it anywhere, and yeah. I actually meant to call Papa Webb, one of our awesome pod granddads, to see if he could tell Papa me of the pod. He, he used to be city council in Flower Mound, and I really wanted to truly give him hell about this. Like, <laughs> why can I not find the address to the? Fa- and for those who are listening who don't live in Texas, Flower Mound is kind of an affluent white area mm-hmm. where it's like pretty fucking white, mm-hmm. and. I googled even on. I could not find it anywhere. You know, there's no easy way to get to Flower Mound anywhere. There's you know not. About that it's it's on there's the mound. Uh huh. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I know where I was going with it. You got it. You got to know where you're going you to get know. to the mound. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, we haven't potted in a while. Oh, no, I Me know. Me and Mishy miss our right. like you know, sexual innuendos. Our venter. I banter. know. So I know where I was going with this. Okay, so we talked about the income issue and working class thing. But that isn't just something that happens to Democrats. We talk all the time about poor white people that vote against their interests and vote Republican. So they're hurting their own base, too. Because if those people can't get to their fucking DPS office, 
Yes. I'm raising my you hand raising like I'm your in hand. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, yes. They don't care. They don't that. care. They don't care if they vote either. They don't care if any poor people vote. But they need those. Don't no, they, they don't. Need those no, they don't. No, mates? they all they want. Here's here's what they all want. All they want is for the, the other people not to vote. Right. They'll, it, more they'll of our only lose. More exact, than theirs. Yes. Okay. They'll they'll lose more. I mean, yes, they'll, they'll lose more Democrat votes than they will That's Republicans. So they don't give a fuck because here's the thing. They don't fucking care about these people. They will they will go after their vote all day long as long as they can vote. But when they lose their vote, they won't give two shits. All they want is white men to vote, be able to vote. It'll go back to fucking 1800s where you have to be a landowner, white, and be able to have to, you know, re- have a reading test and all that kind of shit. Just saying. It's white's only pie. It is. Have you ever seen the movie Life? Mm-hmm. When he tries to steal the pie from them. Right. And he gets told that it's white's, white's only pie. pie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting to bring up. Like, it tied into, like, you know, Mishy's story before of how hard it was to get for her to get a jar so that she already got it. And I'm just like, it's probably going to get even harder for you, Mishy, because it's getting harder for us. So, that is, you know, shit rolls downhill, unfortunately. All right. So, I've missed this. I've missed our segment. I have. I've missed our segment. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. Oh, I never thought. Did you pick that up right while we were gone? I never thought I'd say it, but that was music to my ears. I missed it. Oh, you did, didn't you? It's so terrible, and now she loves it. Yes. All right, Missy. Who's your asshole of the week? So the asshole of the week this week goes to the State Department of the United States. Good one. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you know which one I want to tell oh, about? Oh, I do. I do. I do. So the State Department is still holding on to the old values of yesteryear. Um, of where legitimate children are children who are born in wedlock. Mm-hmm. So they're still living in what? in Biblical times where Jesus still wears his Jesus Christ 11s on his feet and things are great and people don't fall in love with other people of the same sex. And so um, this antiquated government agency that we call the State Department of the United States is getting asshole of the week today because a same sex American couple. This comes by CNN. I'm just going to let y'all know because I don't want to plagiarize nobody out here. We are not here. getting crime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, A same-sex American couple whose daughter was denied birthright citizenship filed suit against the State Department on Thursday, joining a growing list of LGBTQIA plus couples who this has happened to. Class action. Oh, my God. And basically litigating to try to combat the policy. So, Roe... And Idel Kitivi, I believe is their last name, are both U.S. citizens. These are two, this is a gay couple, two males, same sex, who decided to grow their family. Like, every family has the right to. They decided to make the decision of growing a family, so they explored their options. Their almost three-year-old son, and who was also a U.S. citizen, because they got that figured out, they recently grew their family from their son. They decided to have a young girl, a little baby. So they added a six-month-old daughter whose name is Kasem. And she was not granted a birthright of citizenship due to the State Department's policy that basically considers her to be born out of wedlock. <laughs> when, when did this happen? This this happened very recently. This is ongoing like, litigation. This is, a- this is as of September 12th of this year. Last week. Yes. So they just passed this law or this policy or whatever. And this has been a sitting policy. But for how long? For a long time. And I'll kind of explain to you how it happened. It's one of those like weird things that happen. Okay. So you want to say something? I was going to say it's really interesting for a, you know, this is a Republican type shit. Yeah. And the fact that this is the party that encourages us to have adoption. Uh, absolutely. Right? Uh, Don't get you an abortion, honey. That baby is a life of heartbeat. Right. Give it right. up for adoption. Have a family. Have a and family. basically, family. the State Department had already told them, look, expect a rejection a because rejection you're getting one. So they got their rejection letter. And CNN reached out to them, and they had a phone, inter- a phone interview where they were basically like getting the rejection letter in the mail was what basically sealed in the gut punch. That they couldn't believe that this was what was happening. Right. 
So they immediately decided they were going to litigate the fuck out of this because nobody should have to go through this after you just had a baby and now you're trying to figure out what to do about getting a baby's birth certificate, a social security, well, your all baby of that. Was born here, you're a U.S. citizen. Well, baby the baby was the, the baby wasn't born here, but remember, if you even if you're okay. born abroad, but your parents okay. are American, adopt you, adopt you, adopt you. Yes, yeah. okay, yes. And th- I will tell you, this is not an adopted child. This is a biological child, and I will explain that here okay. in, oh, in okay. a second. This is a biological child of one of the fathers. Yes. Okay. So what basically happens is that both of the Kativi children are were born in Canada as a result of an egg donor and a gestational surrogate. Okay. So when they applied for Kasim's citizenship, her application was processed not under the policy for children born abroad of U.S. parents, which is what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. but they they flagged her rather for surrogacy under the State Department um, policy that is labeled the assisted reproductive technology policy. I don't know what the fuck that even means. Wow. Assisted reproductive technology. What what is this what like is, a Star Trek? What is is that a turkey based or what is an assisted reproductive technology? What is that? I don't know. But so a child born abroad to a surrogate whose genetic parents are a US citizen father and an anonymous egg donor is considered for citizenship purpose to be a person born out of wedlock. Think about that. In 2019, we have a policy that dictates citizenship based off of marital status. Just think about that for a second. I I just, I'm not shocked anymore, Mishy. We have a sitting policy that dictates what your citizenship, your naturalization status, or whatever... Is based on the fact whether you come from a marriage or of a man and woman, of, of a, a man and a woman. man and woman, because they're not recognizing that um, that those two men are married first, right? Of all, right, right. They're not, yeah. and that's an underlying problem. So, because Kasim was only biologically linked to Idol, which is one of the husbands, and he was just months short of the residency requirement, her application was denied. And so CNN goes on to say that. This is a growing list of a number of parents who either have adopted children or have had children via surrogacy who, instead of coming in via the fact that they have a United States parent who was an American citizen, they come in under the fact that there are children born out of wedlock, which is such an antiquated policy. And I can't even believe that in 2019, when the Supreme Court has decided that gay marriage is the law of the land... And that it's just the same as any other couple. That we have a policy like this that complicates life for families who are trying to take care of children and grow their families. Right. Well, this is how they get it. This is how this is how Republicans get gay people. Right. 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 They're like, okay, all right, we'll let you get married because that's until we can change that law. Here's how we're going to keep you from being parents and quote unquote because this is what they think corrupting children. Right. This is this is it. I mean, it, they will. Oh, it is very frustrating. They'll do anything and, and everything. So, with that being said, the returning with our return. This is the returning asshole of the week. It goes to a government agency, which I know it's not very shocking to most of us yeah. out there, but this is completely absurd that we're presenting these kind of hurdles to families who are wanting to take care of children and just build their families. This is the most ridiculous thing, and some of these bureaucratic things i never understand who is sitting on the back of the desk writing something so fucking stupid so congratulations asshole (laughs) all right so (laughs) i'm so glad we end our segments on a good note (laughs) because i need it i am too i am not gonna lie all right can we hear ray's babe day Day babe. <laughs> we got you, bitch. <laughs> Please tell me that there is still fucking good and hope in the world. Cause I'm exhausted after well, yes. This this good in the world involves things three things. That you would not associate with good. Okay. Oh, okay. Actually, four. Okay. Florida. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Billionaire. Okay. Yachts. 
Are you just trying to steal the asshole segment? <laughs> and if you say Republican, I'm out of here. Wait, Hurricanes. Just... Yeah, if she said Republican, I'm walking off the table. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Those four things separately are not usually good things. They are not. Because <laughs> I can't, I, well, I don't want to be a hurricane, but I can't have or be any of the other three things. Right. So. And I'm going to thank Newsweek. For this this uh, story here, okay, because we don't want to blade your <laughs> Not at all. Does anybody want more wine? Just no, give good. me a little bit. I feel like I need a little bit. Oh, you need a little bit to go with this good news. Good news. Yes. Okay. Cheers. Florida billionaire and a Florida. Let me start over. <laughs> a Florida billionaire and philanthropist donated use of his yacht to bring thirty tons of supplies to the Bahamas last week and rescued several dogs after Hurricane Dorian devastated the islands. Wow. Yes. That's good. That Tom. Good to Tom Golisano. Golisano. Golisano <laughs> Sangiovese. <laughs> Tom. Tom, you good man. He made his vessel named Laurel, because you know every ship has a name. Right. Or yacht. Yacht. The is, it, is every ship a she? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The things he does for us people. Because yeah. <laughs> they're badass. Yeah. So his vessel, Laurel, he made it available to emergency initiatives as part of a program organized by Yacht Aid Global. Yacht Aid Global, which is a non-profit. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what is that word? <laughs> oh, please keep that in. <laughs> Hello, wine. Yacht Aid Global. <laughs> <laughs> Oh and she just asked for more wine. It's a tannin, y'all. It's a tannin. Uh-huh. Yacht Aid Global <laughs> is a non-profit which facilitates the use of luxury yachts for disaster relief efforts. So it's good to know that people that sell yachts. They bar them to the unfortunate. They use them for the unfortunate people. <laughs> for a series of unfortunate The things I do for you people. <laughs> so Laurel, the ship. The, I'm sorry, the yacht, not a ship, the yacht, was used to transport water, food, and sanitation kits from the Bahamian capital of Nassau, Nassau to Freeport on Grand Bahama, which was one of the islands that was hardest hit Aww. in the cate- mm-hmm. Category 5 storm. Right. The yacht was also used to evacuate 50 dogs from the islands. The and pups. I really just like, would love to have been on that yacht. No kidding. 15 dogs. Just I like, know. They're just all like, you know, you're and such they a good boy. scared. And they're so happy. They, well, they were probably scared, but when they got on there, mm-hmm. then they were happy. Oh and they probably, when they saw humans, they were like, oh my God, rescue me, rescue me. 50 and they were like, tails going back and tails forth. And like, you know how dogs and shelters are like so grateful when uh-huh. they see somebody in the, in the, and you hug them they're and stuff smiling. and they're so grateful? Oh my God. I would have been in probably tears. Probably smiles. Yeah. <sighs> So Golisano, he, he said, I was very pleased to be able to assist in the global humanitarian effort to help the people and some of the dogs that were impacted by Hurricane Dorian. Laurel and our incredible crew was led by Captain Roy Hodges. All did an amazing job bringing essential supplies to the Bahamas and rescuing about 50 dogs who were left homeless when the shelter in which they were living was destroyed. So these were shelter dogs already. Who might have died. Oh, I'm very proud of all their hard work, he says. We will keep the people of the Bahamas in our prayers. Golisano, who's 77 and is estimated to have a net worth of around $3.1 billion, with a B. Does he have a son? <laughs> and enough for me. I'm married. I, was, I, I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend, yeah. And who also has a daughter. <laughs> Depending on how old that Depending, is. Depending. Does he have a son who happens to have a son? At 77, he could be grandpa. He could be great This grandma. is true. He might be able to hook um, your girls up too, Mishy. Yes. So, yes. Get him married off early. Mr. 3.1 billion with a With billion. a bait. He was the founder of a payroll and human resources company called Paychecks with an X. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Which he set up in 1971. Yeah. Um, but that's not it. Because, you know, I mean, he started that in 71. Right, and he so sold since it. since then, yeah. he has also been an owner of a fiber optics internet service company called Greenlight Networks. He's a former owner of the Buffalo Sabres hockey team, which what? he sold. He even ran three times for governor of New York, although it wasn't successful. And he is founder of the Golisano Foundation, which describes its mission as being, 
quote, devoted exclusively to opening doors to opportunity, changing negative perceptions and stereotypes, and forging unprecedented partnerships to ensure individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities have pathways to personal dignity, independence, and the best possible expression of their abilities and talents throughout their lifetimes. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so he seems like a rich dude that's doing some good. I wonder, if, I wonder if he would like to invest in a podcast. Right. Oh, his next <laughs> successful venture. Right. And we, like... drink, and we drink a lot of San Jovi, say. <laughs> yes. I'm sure that he could at least sponsor some wines for us. Ugh. I'm just saying. Okay, so <laughs> I would like to acknowledge Mr. Golisano, his vessel Laurel, and Yacht Aid Global. I would like to raise my Gabbiano. I'll raise my Glaciano <laughs> to Mr. Golisano. Yes. Uta Bay. Uta All right. Bay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Thank you, Ray. Oh. Good story. I know. I'm glad we ended up. Especially on. with all the shit about the Bahamas. And we didn't it even get tragic. into half of it. Oh, no. yikes. But we just can't. No. There's, yeah, it's, it's. We would need a one hour daily podcast to handle everything that right. happens. Challenge. So, with that, we are done, ladies. Drunk bitches. We are the done. last drop so, of the wine. So glad to have us back together after our little tiny hiatus oh of almost dying. But, um, drug delegates, stay tipsy, my friends. Oh Is it normal to be this drunk by seven? Thanks for listening to Drunk Bitches in Politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAPpod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbpolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.